We spend more time with ourselves than with anyone else. The relationship we have with ourselves is really the foundation of all our other relationships. And when you learn how to love, accept, and appreciate yourself, it creates ripples in interactions with everyone else. If you're one of the many people that find it uncomfortable to be alone with themselves, don't worry. You aren't alone. With practice, you'll come to understand time spent with yourself is a valuable part of your well-being routine. Reflection and recharging come in the quiet time and allow you to be more present and rewarded in other areas of life. So let's explore why it's so important to develop the relationship you have with yourself and how to do it. Welcome to the official podcast of True Basis Health, where we focus on living a life that connects health and mindset for optimal well-being. In each episode, Mika Hill, certified total well-being coach and perfect health educator, will cover bite-sized topics ranging from transformational well-being practices to maximizing mindset and how to live a rewarding life full of purpose. Here's your hostess, Mika Hill. I hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day. I think it's great to have a day where we can recognize that love exists in many forms, whether it's from friends, family, pets, and of course yourself. A few weeks ago, one of my coaching friends was talking about love, according to ancient Greeks, and she taught me the Greeks actually had nine different types of love, ranging from playful love to unconditional love. Since I spoke about relationships with others last week, I thought maybe today we'd talk about one of the other eight kinds of loves the Greeks spoke about, a relationship with ourselves, self-love. So the Greek philosopher Aristotle believed the prerequisite for loving others was self-love because those that love themselves are more capable of giving and receiving all kinds of love. So what is self-love? Self-love is based on forgiveness and acceptance of the self, and it is a basic human right. So if that's the case, why do so many people find it challenging to love themselves? The mind is all about being hard on ourselves. We are often our own harshest critic. How often have you told yourself, I'm not good enough, nobody likes me, I can't do anything right? I'm an idiot. The way we talk to ourselves can be so harmful and keep us stuck in this cycle of self-doubt. So I'm hoping that after today, you'll be challenging your inner Whitney Houston because learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. During a Chopra certification class, Deepak Chopra shared how he used to prepare himself to speak in front of large crowds. He would say to himself, above no one, beneath no one, immune to criticism of flattery, fearless in the face of adversity. And I thought that was brilliant, and it became kind of a mantra of sorts for me. Because how often in life are we conditioned to fit in or to be perfect? We compare ourselves to others nonstop, and our ego is bruised or inflated based on what others say. 
it seems like we're reluctant to stand in our own confidence and light. And in doing so, we put our true self on hold. We worry about what others think and neglect how we really feel. And when we try so hard to fit in, it becomes uncomfortable to be alone with ourselves. Self-love is the antidote. It's about savoring that time with our thoughts, about realizing that you bring something completely unique to the table, that the act of judging or comparing, well, it's frivolous. Let me ask you, what happens when you've put yourself on hold to raise your kids and the kids leave the nest? How about if you have a really good friend and that friend moves after all those shopping trips, luncheons, and coffee dates, they go away. What happens? How about if your significant other leaves? What happens when you're left with all that time by yourself? When we aren't used to being with ourselves? the silence itself can be hard to handle. And then there's all that free time. If you think about it, the emotional fallout of suddenly having a bunch of me time, if you aren't used to it, can trigger a lot of uh, physiological symptoms that impact well-being. And the reality is we are social creatures by nature. But how many if you say, I just need some downtime? How many of you long for a mini break from the people that drive you crazy? And then you get that break and within a few minutes, it's like, Mm, this is too quiet. <laughs> so why is being alone for periods of time difficult? Why do we act confident on the outside, but on the inside, we're so self-critical? And if we want to develop more self-love in our life, how can the cycle be broken? How does it become possible to be comfortable with ourselves, flaws and all? Well, it starts with awareness. How often do you have the same conversation with yourself? You spin in the story, but don't ever get to the bottom of it. I'm guilty of it too. Have you ever been shopping and seen an outfit that you think is absolutely beautiful, but then that quiet little voice inside says, you can't pull that off, followed up with a bunch of reasons why it wouldn't look right on you. You're too short, you're too heavy, too old, whatever it may be. Whose voice is that telling you those things and what the heck is it based on? Becoming aware of the feelings we experience and the stories we're telling ourselves is a great starting point to fostering self-love. Often, instead of questioning the thoughts and stories, they are just accepted, right? So step number one, become aware. And if it doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel right, If it's not something that you would say to someone you love, stop it. Question those thoughts like you'd question the HVAC guy telling you you needed a whole new system, right? Once you're aware of the feelings and stories, the next step in developing self-love is all about bringing in self-compassion. Truth be told, it's probably not going to feel natural at first. Focusing on self-kindness and acknowledging to err as human is major. And this is where those thoughts and stories can start to shift. Because everyone, and I mean everyone, no matter how perfect they seem, misses the bar at some point or another. Life is not a perfect Instagram reel. And giving yourself the same grace you'd extend to others and allowing yourself to grow from the experience, 
Well, as Alexander Pope said, to err is human, to forgive is divine. I go to Fitness by William several times a week. The gym is a place that not only helps me physically, but mentally as well. Dr. William Ingram owns the gym, and each visit, we not only flex, but we have fellowship. And I usually leave with a bit of scripture, and I always feel good about life. He had a really nice analogy the other day that resonated with me, so I want to share it with you. He said, Mika, you know, everyone has negative thoughts. Those pesky thoughts are like birds. And the key to living a happy life is not to let the birds land on your head and make a nest. <laughs> and when he said that, I started to laugh because I could just visualize those, those birds flying around my head. The thing is, you don't want those negative thoughts making a home in your head. And I was like, man, I'm writing this one down. I thought, I am normal. <laughs> Yay. So much common humanity. Our imperfections are here to help us learn, grow, and evolve. And we deserve a little grace. Now, every time I have a thought that isn't in integrity with how I feel or what I know to be true, I visualize those birds, and it brings me so much peace. And I want to invite you, the next time you're thinking thoughts that aren't coming from a place of self-love and compassion, see those birds in your mind's eye and shoo them away. Place your hand on your heart and silently say, may I be kind to myself in this moment. And this is one way to practice and flex that self-compassion muscle. So let's touch on the body aspect since everything's interconnected, right? The body, physical self-love. When you think of physical self-love, there are several ways you can appreciate your body through simple wellness rituals. I've already mentioned my trips to the gym. Something else I found to be so healing is taking a moment in the evenings after my shower. I put a cozy blanket on the floor at the foot of my bed, and I lay on my back, focus on my breathing, and just do one yoga pose, which is knees to chest. So I pull my knees up to my chest and I rock back and forth side to side, taking a few mindful moments to quiet my mind. And when I rock on the hard floor, it's almost like giving myself a mini back rub. <laughs> this past weekend, I actually treated myself to massage at a real spa. But several times a week, I've got this mixture of coconut oil mixed with heliochrism, lavender, and frankincense, and I do an abhyanga, which is Sanskrit for self-massage. From an Ayurvedic standpoint, the essential oils are healing, and they all have different properties, like the lavenders for relaxation. But the coconut oil is very nourishing to the skin, and our skin is our largest organ. So that is a way that I practice self-love. The mere act of slowing down, acknowledging yourself, and everything your body does to keep you moving through the day is amazing. And I've noticed the more attention I bring to my body and well-being, the more my self-worth, self-compassion, and confidence have increased. Now, when it comes to self-love in the physical body, there are so many ways to nurture ourselves, from the food we eat, the environments we put ourselves in, the way we clothe ourselves. And I could go on and on, but each one of us is incomparably unique. Go back to awareness. What is it that speaks to you? In what way do you want to bring more self-love into your life? 
And lastly, the spiritual aspect of self-love. Who am I? Has anyone found it hard to just be with themselves? In Vedic texts, it is said that our essential nature is usually overshadowed by the mind. (laughs) Boy, ain't that the truth. I have to admit, when I first started meditating, I could not sit with myself. The silence was deafening. Every thought rushed in and out and all around. And guess what? It still does. (laughs) Just not with as much urgency, speed, or volume. And that's just the way meditation can be sometimes. It wasn't until I learned to settle my mind that I was really able to connect with my true self, that space between the thoughts, the limitations, the doubts, and the chaos in my life. Meditation can seem challenging at first, which is why I developed an entire course called Chaos to Calm for the Clarity Club members to really hone in on connecting with their true self, their higher self, their future self, however you want to call it. Sometimes it's not just sitting in meditation that's difficult for us to be with ourselves. It can be physically being alone, like I talked about at the beginning. And I'll never forget going through a phase in my life when I returned to North Carolina. I worked during the week, but when the weekends came, I didn't have anyone. Like, no tribe to hang out with. And my husband would play golf on Saturdays and Sundays. He had this 12 o'clock men's group, and I was left alone. Any other golf widows out there? It was a real time of self-discovery, and honestly, I was so lost in the beginning. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and just observed everyone around you, people chatting away, having so much fun, and you're all by yourself? At first, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? Thoughts of, I wonder if people are looking at me. I wonder what the waiter thinks. Should I have gotten this to go? And the thoughts keep spinning. And taking some time to actually sit with them, become aware of them, and question why you're having these thoughts. Why is it such a challenge to be alone? And this is why I love the clarity that comes with thought work. And I know many people with kids that long for alone time, even just to use the bathroom. Yet here I was, sitting in a restaurant, alone with myself, and literally cringing. That was the first of many lunch outings, which led to solo movie dates, which led to solo shopping trips, beach trips, and retreats. And the more I spent time with myself in quiet contemplation and in public, without wondering what everyone else was thinking of me, the more comfortable I felt and started longing for alone time. And over the years, cultivating a relationship with myself has been a large part of my well-being journey. And I'm curious, what conditions and experiences have helped you cultivate self-love and thrive through life? What healthy paths have you thought of developing that make you comfortable with being with yourself? And how do you share your greater gifts with the world while still being connected with yourself? All questions that, from a spiritual standpoint, are worth examining as we look at our relationship with As I close today's podcast, I want to remind you that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of health and friendships. You are worthy of living a fulfilling life of purpose. Whether you're sitting at a big, boisterous table with others, or if it's a table of one in the corner, 
Know that life is all about living in a way that is true to you. Know who you are, love who you are, and like old blue eyes, Frank Sinatra said, at the end of the day, you'll proudly be able to say, I did it my way. So until next week, forgive my singing and cultivate clarity. Thanks for listening to True Basis Health. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. And as you move through your day today, remember, a clear mind is a powerful mind. So cultivate clarity with awareness. You've got this.